Howdy, howdy, everybody. Welcome to week 11 of the Texas high school football regular season, the last week of regular season games. Kenny, I can't believe we've already made it. Playoffs are next week. Yep, and uh, man, uh, we got some good games this week. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. A lot of play, a couple of playing games. We're not going to preview some of them, but I think when we do the pick them, we may stop down and talk talk about a little bit. But yeah, this is going to be a good week. Yeah, it's a huge side of games. A lot of, as we were talking before we start recording here, there's a lot of games that are winner-go-home games mm -hmm. for in a lot of these districts, especially in our area. So it'll be a fun, fun slate of games to talk about this week. Is I, can't, I really, again, I just mentioned at the top, I can't believe we're just one week away from the playoffs. It's absolutely, this season's flown by, Kenny. It has. And, uh, you know, we, we interviewed David Smoke this week, and we talked about, you know, he, he was, you know, holy cow, it's, Week 10, week 11. So it has flown by. It's been a blast, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been really, really fun. Really enjoyed doing this with you and just having you guys listen. It's been really, really fun experience so far. But uh, on today's show, a great slate of games, of course, like always in Central Texas. We also have some great guests today. As Kenny mentioned before, we talked with uh, David Smoke. And then we also talked with the head coach of the University Trojans, Coach Kent Laster, as they have a huge game this week as well on Friday night. And I say Friday night differently because you know there's there's been well over 200 games across the entire state that have been moved to Thursday with this huge storm that's supposed to be sweeping the state on Friday. But you know you, those University Trojans, they're playing belts and still on Friday night, and that's gotta they're gonna be playing with a huge rainstorm, which we'll get more deep into it when we cover that game spoiler alert but i think that that in the rain with how how much university wants to run the ball i think that'll play more in university's favor but again more on that later on the show so we'll start today's show like we always do with our matt step question of the week and then uh, the question this week was do you see a state finalist coming out of class three division one region two and then Matt Stepp's answer was, quote, I think it's a 50-50 shot. Region 1 this year is really strong and might be as deep than it's been in several years. The top teams in Region 2 will be a handful, but teams like Brock, Bushland, Shallowwater, Breckenridge, and Whitesboro are all more than cap capable of beating anyone in Region 2 on any given night, end quote. And I think that just speaks more to this whole left side of the bracket, Kenny. Both Region 1 and Region 2 have really been the stronger side of the three Division 1 bracket since, you know, since I guess the last merger back in 2020. I mean, but again, last year, the the right side of the bracket won when Region 3 won, Lorena won. So, and it's it, three Division 1s, it's probably the most unpredictable classification in the entire state, if you ask me. Yeah, and. I probably could have framed that question better. I mean, if you starting the season, you know, you thought you had two or three dudes in Region 2 with Mount Vernon and, uh, you know, West and Malakoff, and then probably in Region 1 it was Brock. Well, now you look back, you know, through the season, Mount Vernon is not who we thought they were going to be because they're missing their quarterback. West is probably better than what we thought they were going to be. And then you have, like he said, those slew of teams out in Region 1, the Shallow Waters, the Bushlands. Uh, Man, Paradise and Weisboro both played Brock tough. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a homer. I, I love, you know, I like Region Two because that's where we kind of cover those teams. But man, it's going to be tough, and it's going to be, you know, that semifinal is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and there, I mean, it just makes for a great slate of games, both in Region One and Region Two. 
There's going to be a lot of gauntlet first-round matchups across the state if everything lines up the way we're expecting. But it's just, but the playoffs are like that every year. It's always a really fun time, and just we're a week away from that. I'm really excited. And of course, again, three A Division One has got to be, or just Class Three A in general has got to be the most unpredictable classification in the entire state. That just makes for fun football week in and week out. Yeah, and you know, I hear a lot of people say that you know there shouldn't be four teams from each district. Give it to me. I love yeah. I love all these playoff games. You never know who's going to beat who. A lot of times, a one, the majority of the time, or more than the majority of the time, a one's going to be a four. But every once in a while, you may have a three-seed or a four-seed uh, go a long way, and I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, Region three, strong. You know, Franklin, Lorena, yeah. Cameron Yo, Columbus, those guys. It's going to be fun, man. And three of those teams are in one district, by the no, way. No, That's no. just insane. It's it's awesome. Three Division One, especially. Again, it's just really, really fun class to keep up with and one we're very familiar with. So it's it's awesome. And just this, this is just one of those weeks. It's going by a little bit slow because, you know, you're kind of anticipating the playoffs starting next week, you know. But still, even with that, there's, as we mentioned before, there's a lot of big games. And we'll cover them this week. And uh, real quick, I think I don't know if it's Tepper or or uh, Steph had a great point that there may be a lot of coaches jumping on this bandwagon about moving their games to Thursday night to give them yeah. that extra day of practice mm-hmm. before the playoffs. Uh, I don't blame them. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all that if that's the reasoning. But again, I, I looked at the we're recording this on Wednesday, and I looked earlier this afternoon at a tweet by Greg Tepper and. He said, I, I think the number was 209 teams or 209 games have been moved to Thursday from Friday, which is absolutely insane. Yeah, and there's a bunch in Central Texas. Curtis Quinlan has been keeping it updated. And, uh, yeah, I looked at that list earlier, and there's a bunch of around our area that's definitely moving to Thursday night. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll, a couple of those games that have been moved will be in our previews today. And let's go ahead and just jump right into it as we start – in Class 5A Division One, the Colleen Ellison Eagles will be in Belton, Texas, to take on the Lake Belton Broncos at 7-2, Ellison at 5-4. This is the battle for the fourth and final playoff spot out of District 4, 5A Division One. And, Kenny, this is this is an interesting matchup because statistically, despite them being 5-4, Ellison statistically has the best defense in the entire district, like, consistently. And Lake Belton's probably got one of the top offenses as well i mean this is this makes for a really fun matchup for and both teams have a lot to play for for because it's winter go home kenny yeah you look at lake belton's offense connor cruz we know him mm-hmm. the running back wilgerson uh the running back robin he's been doing pretty well mm-hmm. we all know who micah hudson is we all know who Javion wilcox is on the defensive side of the ball but you look at ellison's defense it's loaded you got a baylor commit and brendan bett that's a stud you got Matthew Moore that's a stud. You got Keyshawn Meeks that's a stud. Man, that's a great defense, and I'm tending to lean towards Ellison in this game. It, this is a true pick'em game because um, the thing with Lake Belton, they've been consistent. Although throughout district, they're uh, offensively they've been consistent. Earlier in pre-district, they kind of struggled defensively, but they've picked it up as of late. But, you know, last week they had an absolute slugfest. Or the week before, because they're coming out of the bye week now. Mm-hmm. The week before, uh, they played Midlothian. I believe they lost that game 39-37 or something like that. Midlothian is also Ellison's last opponent. And I believe that game was a 27-14 final in which Ellison lost to 
of Midlothian. So it's an interesting matchup here. Both teams have their last game is against Midlothian. You know, both teams, both those games played out fairly differently. But, you know, Lake Belton, they had an extra week to prepare and heal up for this one. They're coming out of the bye week. They're at home. I'll probably take the Broncos in this one. I'm still going to think about it. I'll, I'll reveal my pick when we do the pick. We'll do the pick. Okay, I got you. And uh, we'll stay in or with one of the other Belton team. The Belton High Tigers will be on the road to take on the University Trojans. And this this matchup, probably the biggest matchup for University in well over a decade is – or longer than that, probably almost three decades, because they have a chance to claim at least a share of their first district championship since 1996. And this university team, they've only had one outright district championship, and that was all the way back in 1956. So, you know, and, and the same thing, you look at Belton, the last time they won a district championship was 2009. So both teams that probably in the preseason, you didn't really expect to be at the top of this district here, battling it out for the district championship. But it, that just makes for a fun matchup, especially with both teams not being in this position in such a long time. And, you know, you know university at home, and, the, and this, this is one of those games that's, that hasn't been moved from Friday – from Friday night, it's still being still going to be played Friday night at Waco ISD Stadium. And if the storm and rain, torrential rain is as bad as we think it's going to be, then this will force both teams to run the ball, which I think Kenny will probably favor University a bit more here. Yeah, they have a great ground attack with the sand off, and then Drakes is going to run the ball sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Belton, uh, 2009 was that. The, the Texas quarterback, David, I think he was on that team. Yeah, I think so. But uh, And, you know, Lake Belton can run the ball, too. they got uh, two running backs, mm-hmm. Sean uh, Snap and uh, Mr. Underwood. They throw the ball a lot with Ty Brown, and uh, Oliver is a really good receiver. Now, on defense, they got a tackle machine and Wyatt Butler with 84 tackles, mm-hmm. 21 tackles for losses, and five and a half sacks. So, it's turf down there, so it's not going to be a, a real muddy type game. Uh, it's going to be good, and uh, the quarterback we learned his name when we talked to Coach Lasher today or yesterday, Man Mangan. Mangani. No, Mangan. That's Which, what he said. He heard he, he he heard him talking in an interview to a radio station, and he said his name was Mangan, not Mangani. Jay Sean? Mangan. That's he told how, he told us Mangani well, at the he beginning of the year. Name Mangan, because I didn't know how to pronounce it. But, uh, man. It's going to be a great one. I'm, you know, and we're going to hear from Coach last last year here in a little bit. It's great for that school, great for that camp, you know, the kids, the coaching staff, and the city of Waco because forever you would hear Waco's not going to be very good, University not be very good because all the kids are moving out to the suburbs. They're mm-hmm. going to Midway. They're going to La Vega, Conley. Well, it's awesome to see uh, this type of team, and, and we talked about it again, and I don't want to give up too much. But university's a couple of points away from being eight and one going in this game they, and playing for an outright district championship. Yeah, they their only loss in district play was a one point loss on the road at Elgin a few weeks back, and you know, that was just a heartbreaking loss. That's a game where Elgin led pretty much the entire game, and then university took the lead with um, just over a minute to go, and then Elgin drove right back down the field, scored with thirty three seconds to go, and got the two point, and then ended up winning the ball game. So. Again, 
like you said, the Trojans are just one point away from being undefeated in district, which is exactly what Belton is. They're they're undefeated in district five and zero, and they've pretty much dominated every team they've played in this district so far. Their closest game is a twenty-one point win, which they secured at Pflugerville Connolly. Which I don't know if you're keeping up scores with keeping up with scores last week, Kenny. University played that same Pflugerville Connolly team in Pflugerville and won 78-7. Yep. So that's just kind of contrasting scores there. It's it's a little strange to see there, but I think there is, a, you know, some – I heard some things about how Belton was kind of sleepwalking in the first half, you know, probably built a little lead and then just kind of like took their, took their foot off the gas pedal a little bit too early and let – uh, Connolly back in it there for a minute, but was able to pull away. But again, this both teams are hot. University they've won four out of their last five. Again, their only loss being that one point loss to Elgin on the road. So I mean, this is going to be a fun matchup, and you know it's just hard to get a good read on it because you know it's on Friday. Probably going to be a driving rainstorm. Who knows if it'll even be finished? If it could get moved to Saturday, who knows? You know, it, there's just a lot that goes into this game. Oh, we don't know. And there's just so many scenarios that come out of this game as well. Because you know, I, think, I believe University has to win by 10 or more points to secure the district championship outright. But if they win by less than 10 points, then them and Belton earn a share of the district championship. So, And then there's a lot of different scenarios to where even if they lose, they can still finish in second or third. You know, it's all over the place. But that's just the beauty of Texas high school football. But... Uh, I think it's going to be a fun game, but again, I think the the running game is the strength of this university team. Although they like to be balanced, Coach Coach Laster has emphasized that he wants to run the ball first. That's the point of emphasis for this offense. So um, I think if it if you know everything plays out like we think it will on Friday, it's a rainstorm. I think University is just a little bit better in that run game. If they can control the line of scrimmage, get some key stops against this really good Belton offense at home, I think even a rainstorm is going to be a ruckus crowd because, again, this is the first time University's playing in a district championship game in almost 30 years. Yeah. So I think rainstorm or not, there's going to be a good crowd on both sides. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be a really, really fun game, an amazing atmosphere. I'm going to take the Trojans by one point at home. I got you. I'm with you. I'm going to take University. They're going to beat the Fighting David Ashes. That's who their quarterback was, David It's going to be a great, great game. And I, I really hope so. This University team has fought through so much adversity this year. And just re- they're playing really, really good football right now. But so is Belton. So it's, just, it's going to make for a fun matchup for what will likely be, at, at the very least, a share for the, for the District 11 5A Division II championship. And now, before we move on to our next game, uh, Kenny had a chance to sit down earlier this week with the head coach of the University Trojans, Coach Kent Laster, and we'll have that for you right now. All right, I'm here with Coach Kent Laster, the head football coach at the Waco University Trojans. Coach, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well. Doing well, thank you. Coach, uh, you know, you were 0-10 last year. Uh, you could easily be 8-1 and going into this year, this uh, game today. Uh, it's a great story. For the city of Waco, for the kids there at university, for the coaching staff, uh, what are your thoughts on this year and how you turned it around from a 0 10 to where you're at now? Yeah, I'm very proud of our uh, number one, our kids, for um, just believing uh, and and trusting the process of, of becoming a winner, 
and and being a competitor um you mentioned we're four points from being eight and one so our record is is five and four but we very easily could you know like i said have one uh, one loss there's only one game where uh, the game, the game kind of got away from us and we really didn't have a chance to win but every game we've either won or we've been in position to win in the fourth quarter and so going from last year where all really all our games kind of got out of hand in the second half and now this year every game we have a chance to win has been a tremendous turnaround so i've got to give credit to our kids i've got to get give credit to our coaching staff uh starting with our, our offensive defensive coordinators coach draper and coach avance and uh our support that we have all the way to the top of the district with dr ken cannon and um, our, our building principal, Mrs. McAdoo, and our athletic directors, uh, Coach Love and Coach Smith. Um, really, that's been the key to our turnaround is everybody trusting and believing. And not only that, those people I mentioned, but the, the, the community and uh, everybody associated with University High School has just really been behind us. I've heard a lot from alumni all the way back in the, you know, going back to the 1960s and, and 70s that have reached out to me. So um, it's really been uh, uh, really cool and unique to see the, uni- the, uh, the University High School community and alumni rally around our team and to get to, us to where we are now. So let's, last year, did you kind of see maybe this was a possibility, you know, with, with the with the talent you had and Makai Sandoff and uh, Najee Drakes, and then, heck, you got a freshman that's really uh, contributing, uh, Mr. London Smith. Did you kind of have an idea that maybe y'all could be successful this year? We did. I, I, I felt that way. But, but again, you've got to – we had to go through a long off season of really working on our kids – bonding and and coming together and trusting and believing in each other and the coaching staff that was a big uh step because we you know a lot of these guys they played last year uh, but the trust factor and the belief in each other and the belief in, in themselves was was not there obviously the way it is now and so we worked all off season we had started with november the the week the monday after we uh, finished the season. Um, we, that was our goal was to have the breakthrough season for 2022. And so again, uh, we, you know, we started the day the day we got back, uh, which was that Monday, and we went through the off season. We everybody went to their second sport, whether it be powerlifting and track and basketball and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, we came back for spring ball. Right before we did spring ball, we had a, a great boot camp uh, where, again, our kids had to learn accountability and learn trust and, and all that kind of stuff. And then the summer workouts went really well. Our attendance rate was phenomenal throughout the summer. And, uh, you know, we just, we just had a great uh you know, great building process of getting us to where we are now. And um, I always tell the kids the game is a, is a fruition of, you know, what you did uh, leading up to the game. And our kids really did a good job, uh, like I said, all year and all season and spring of getting us to where we are now. And now we're seeing the benefits of it. Coach, how do you pronounce your quarterback's last name? I've seen it wrote up several times, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Well, it's 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 a unique name. Uh, I've been saying Mangani, but it's I just heard him yesterday tell an interviewer it's Mang Mangan. Mangan. So 
Mangan. So okay, uh, we'll go with Mangan. Okay, okay. Jay Sean Mangan. Well, Jay Sean Mangan has put up some great stats. He, you know, it looks like he really takes care of the ball. He's thrown for twenty touchdowns. Of course, we know about your uh, running back, Makai Sandoff. Your, I, I mean, DJ uh, Najee Drace kind of does it all. He runs. He's ran for five hundred. He's uh, caught for about five hundred. He's got seven touchdowns each way. But and then you got a freshman in London Smith that's that's really turned it on here lately. Your offense looks like it's clicking on all cylinders right now. It's gotten there, um, you know. But we still had not. I told the kids yesterday we still hadn't had a game where there hadn't been either a, a turnover or a mishap mentally. Uh, so um, we, I still think we've got a lot lot to accomplish offensively. Uh, but yes. As far as numbers, if you look at numbers, um, we, we lead the league in total yards, rushing yards. Um, our quarterback is number two or three in passing. He's number one or two in touchdown passes. Our running back, he leads uh, the league in rushing. And then uh, we have two receivers that are three and four uh, in the district. So we we offensively have done some good things, but obviously as a coach, we're always looking to improve and uh, you mentioned Jay Sean doing a great job of, of taking care of the football, he, and he has. He's done a phenomenal job with uh, having the fewest interceptions of any starting quarterback in the district. So, um, and he's and he still has twenty touchdowns. So, uh, we look forward to, to him, you know, continuing to get better. And uh, we're we're not satisfied with where we are. And then I've got to take my hat off to the defense because they've done a good job. You know, they had gave up seven points last game, and then they held Rouse to 16 the game before with a goal line uh, stop at the very end to win the game. So it's not just offense, it is defense. And then we've got a really good kicker. He's now uh, one of the top kickers in the in the district as well uh, with points scored. So uh, we're, we're trying to get there. We're, we've done some good things, but never satisfied. We've got to always try to get better. Absolutely. And, and that's the, the next question is your defense. I know – uh, you know, my, Ryan has talked about uh, uh, Caballero on your defense. I mean, he's a tackling machine. And it looks like your defense, you know, if you look at the numbers, it's probably, uh, you know, kind of middle of the pack. But it looks like when they've needed to, they've, they've really stepped up big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're probably about third or fourth defensively in yards given up and points allowed. We're about third or fourth. So that's pretty good. Uh, obviously, we try to get even better as we get ready to go into playoffs. But you mentioned Joe. I mean, again, he's a sophomore. And he is just – he. I mean, it's not just defense either. I mean, he's made a bunch of tackles on special teams as well. So uh, it's him. It's Ty Wagner. Um, Dantrell DeGreat has done a lot of uh, – have made a lot of tackles. That we're, we're just – we're just trying to get better, and our guys, um, you know, like I said, that that's what they aim to do, and they bought it to it, and and they let us, as coaches, push them uh, to get better every week and not be satisfied. So I'm really pleased with that. But you know, every week, you know, uh, it's it's a it's a restart, and it's a it's a re, you know, we've got a chance to have a reset and do do those kind of things in the next game, and um, you know. Uh, correct the mistakes that we made and try to capitalize on the things that we're able to do that help us be successful. Well, Coach, man, we're, we're excited for you. We're happy for you. And, uh, I mean, what a great way to end the season. You're going to play Belton for maybe a share of the district championship. We wish you all the luck and I hope everybody gets out of that game uh, healthy and good luck in the playoffs. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Once a Trojan, always a Trojan. Thank you, guys. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the University Trojans, Coach Kent Laster. Thanks again to Coach Laster for joining us on the show today. And now let's move on to our next game, one of those games that got moved from Friday to Thursday night. Stephenville at 7-2 and two, traveled to Bellmead to take on the La Vega Pirates at 5-4. and four. Huge playoff seed implications in this five-team district. And then surprisingly, Stephenville coming off two straight losses, Kenny. Yeah, you know, I don't know what's going on over there, but you definitely thought they'd go to Alvarado or they'd play Alvarado and handle their business, but mm. it didn't happen that way. That was kind of a weird game because they Tarleton's pretty much kind of moving them out of Memorial Stadium. So mm-hmm. they, they played that game against Alvarado in Dublin, which is kind of weird. Oh, yes, that's right. And then it kind Dublin's of got weird. a nice field, but, yeah, that's a – bit of a ride for uh, Stephenville. Yeah, it was weird circumstances, but for, I think with Stephenville here, I think they kind of let that uh, that loss to China Spring kind of roll over a bit. I think they let one loss turn into two. So, again, 50-49 to 49 was their score against Alvarado, and that's been the problem for the Stephenville def- team all year has been their defense, which was different than what we saw last year. They had a really good defense, but they graduated a lot of talent from that defense. And it's it's been rearing its ugly head all season. They gave up 50 points to Alvarado last week and for their second straight district loss. And I'm just – I'm not sure what's going on there either, Kenny. It's been kind of a weird two weeks for Stephenville. Yeah, but they still have Ryder Hayes, Tate Maruska. Mm-hmm. And I just think – they, they're just too much for La Vega, and, and I love Bryson Rowland. Yes. Great running back. But I just don't – you know, that's – I don't really see a whole lot of other offensive firepower at La Vega. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to go – I think Stephenville's going to get back on the right track. Now, this game has got some playoff seating implications. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about it to go into it, but I know yeah. Stephenville doesn't want to lose. No. I know that. So, I think, uh, you know, Stephenville – I think they're going to get it done there in, in, in uh, Bellmead. I agree, because you look at La Vega, too, and their their defense has been better in district play. But, again, it hasn't been great. You know, I don't think it's been as bad as Stephenville's. I think Stephenville's given up well over 40 points per game on the season. But, you know, I'm with you. I think I think they're probably going to come into uh, to Bellmead probably a little pissed off of how the last two weeks have gone. And, I think they outmatch La Vega, maybe not exactly speed-wise, but size and strength, I think they they outweigh La Vega in that department. And, yeah, I think the, I think they'll go back and win and get a bounce-back win here. Cause, and if they don't, then that's going to be bad. I don't think Stephenville – the last thing you want if you're Stephenville is to take three straight losses into the playoffs. So, I mean – No, absolutely they're, not. They're going to be – hopefully they're going to be playing like their hair's on fire. So, we'll just have to see – how they do here, but it's going to be huge for them to try to get a, get back in the win column before the playoffs start next week. I'm with you, though. I think Stephenville will take care of business on the road here. I got Stephenville by six in this one. And then our final game – or no, never mind, second to last game we'll be previewing today. Teague at five and four will be on the road at Fairfield four and five. Matchup of two surprising teams. Both of these teams – started off the season 0-3 and are now battling for the number two seed out of District 8 in Class 3 Division 1 here as Malakoff has already separated themselves from everyone and they've already secured that district championship. But this is a huge game here. The 
the number three seed in the district they're lined up with, District 7, is already secured. They're, whoever wins this game is going to get Whitney in the first round. And it, it'll be an exciting – it's going to be an exciting matchup here because both these teams, again, they started off 0-3, but I've really picked it up as of late. And they're both playing really good football right now. Who do you have in this one? Well, this is one of those games a lot of people may think, well, whatever but man this i think this is a juicy matchup yep they're they're rivals you know they're not real far apart you know uh you said they're separated by do texas (laughs) dew if you're going the back way to 45 but if you look at teague they got the quarterback leha he's thrown for about three 1381 yards they've got a really good sophomore running back in shamar davis at 863 and 11 touchdowns they got the law firm of Rice, Harrison, Gonzalez at a wide receiver. Gonzalez is an excellent kick returner. He's, he's returned three kicks for touchdowns. Uh, they got good defensive side of the ball and Jaden Cole and Henry Cardona, a lot of tackles. The key to me is so Fairfield's going to throw the ball a lot. Their quarterback, Cockrell, thrown for 2,200 yards, th- 23 touchdowns. They've got a good running back in Braden Barrett, 881. But the Teague defense intercepts the ball. They've got 12 mm-hmm. interceptions this year. And so their defense against Fairfield's uh, – Eric, not Eric. You know they're going to throw the ball a lot. I think that's the key. Uh, they got a, Fairfield's got a good defensive player in Caden Story, fifteen tackles for losses and five sacks. Uh, man, I, I really don't know. I, I'm kind of leaning towards Teague because I know yeah. the old school Teague. Uh, I don't think Fairfield. I think Teague's going to play a little bit better defense, and I, I really like their secondary. They pick the ball off a lot, so I'm going to go with Teague. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Teague has a more complete team and. You look back, both these teams, again, their only district losses are to Malakoff. And Teague played Malakoff closer than pretty much any ha- anyone has all season. They lost that game 32-18, to 18, a 14-point loss. And then Fairfield got absolutely destroyed by Malakoff whenever they play each other. So I don't, I don't want to go solely based off their common opponent in Malakoff. But still, regardless, I think Teague has a more complete team here. And again, like you mentioned, their secondaries, ball hawks, they're, they're, yeah, numbers, number wise, they're not, you know, a flashy defense, but they're an opportunistic defense. Yep. And I think that's, that's a, a key to, you know, takeaways are huge, especially in these games where there's a lot at, a lot at stake here. Cause, you know, you win this, you win this game, you, you'll get, I guess, relatively speaking, a more favorable mat, matchup in the, the by district game by district round against Whitney because you'll be the higher seat you would be the higher seed in that matchup but if you lose this game you get Granby in the first round yeah so you don't want kind of kind of pick your poison you there, don't so. want that so it'll but I'm with you though I think Teague will go on the road and take care of his business but I think it'll be an exciting game but I think Teague will pull away well I think I think you're right I think it's gonna be a high scoring game yes but I think uh, Teague's probably gonna capitalize on a few turnovers and that'll be the the deal breaker yeah I agree as well so and then so our fifth and final game, we'll take a look at today, a, another battle for the number two seed out of their district, Dawson and Wortham, both at 8-1, and one, both their single loss coming against Mart, but again, Mart's just an absolute bullet train this year. No one's been able to stop them at any level. So it's just been – but when you look at when they played, like we mentioned before, I don't want to go solely based off a common opponent, but you look when Wortham played Mart – uh, was it last week or the week before? It was the week before. Yeah, week before. And then they played at Mart, and they scored and they scored 20, 22 points, I believe, twenty three points in Mart. Uh, although they lost by twenty one points in that game. And then you look at 
Dawson, they played Mart last week in a battle of unbeatens for was probably the district championship at that time. And Mart just went up there and beat them 54 to nothing in their own house. So, you know, and, you know, this is a Wortham team that returned a lot from a quarterfinalist team last year. So, you know, both teams are really good. As we know, as we know that, that freshman quarterback, Boatwright, at Dawson has been absolutely lights out all year long. I think this, again, will be a really fun matchup, Kenny. Yeah, and, you know, he's got weapons in Springer and, on, and Onstad and Johnson and Johnson and Easley. Uh, a really good defensive player in Peyton McCormick at 104 tackles, but you get over to Wortham. Uh, they've got a quarterback that can throw the ball. He's thrown up for 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. They have a tremendous running back in Tanner Bean. He's rushed for 1250 and 25 touchdowns. A good receiver in Kamani Johnson. They've got five kids. Now, this is according to Max Preps, and I don't know how accurate this is, but they have five kids with 18-plus tackles for losses. <laughs> So I'm thinking they got a pretty good defense. Especially up front, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be a battle, man. And, and I've kind of been looking forward to this game. I'd love to go watch it. I don't know if they've moved this to Thursday or not. But yeah, I'm leaning towards Wortham on this one. And, you know, I think when you get up in the upper levels of high school football, the 4As, the 5As, and sometimes the 3As, it's hard to compare scores. You know, you can compare mm-hmm. scores and – Really, it doesn't matter. But I think when you get to these lower divisions, it, it kind of tells a, tells a tale that if, if Mart blew out Dawson and then kind of semi-blew out Wortham, only beat him yeah. by 21 points. And, and Wortham scored some points on him. And I, I think – I don't know the stats for the Tanner Bean kid, but I'm sure he had something to do with that. Because I saw on the chat, you know, hey, all Wortham has is Tanner Bean. Well, sign me up if all I got is Tanner Bean because yeah. the kid's a stud. Absolutely. I, again, I think it will be a fun matchup. But just with Wortham, I think – gosh, this is hard. This is this is going to be a really fun game. This is this is a textbook definition of a pick'em game. Just both teams are really, really phenomenal in their own rights. Really – both playing really good football right now. I'm going to go Wortham. I'll take Wortham on the road in this one as well. And so that is it for our Week 11 previews, the regular season finale slate of games. And uh, before we move on to our Week 11 pick'ems, Kenny had a chance to sit down with David Smoke of Smokey.com and the 365 Sports Network, and we'll have that for you right now. All right. I'm here with uh, David Smoke of 365 Sports. Smokey, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well. It's hard to imagine, Kenny, that we are in the last week of the actual 2022 regular season in high school football. It is, for me at least, it seems like it's blown by. It has, and especially, you know, this is our first year doing this podcast, and I can't believe we're on episode 9 or 10 or whatever it is. Yeah, it's really uh, blowing by. And First, I want to thank you for coming on, man. I've uh, – I've followed your stuff for a long time, you know, ever since you came to Central Texas, and we appreciate you hopping on uh, here with us. It's about time. I've I've tried to do it. I know it hadn't always fit our schedule, but this happened to be a perfect time in between Mondays with me, unfortunately, and what I do work out in the morning and then get some stuff together for the show. And then I have the Baylor football media sessions with Coach Aranda that I get a chance to sit down with him. So that kind of takes up most of the morning and – and then I have um, – I start voting for the Billboard Tough Players of the Week every Monday at 1. The ballot comes out. And so 
this worked out well. I'm glad and appreciate you inviting me. Well, we're glad to have you. So let's just start as a season. You know, uh, what's any surprises? What do you What are you thinking of uh, Central Texas area this this uh, year so far? What sticks out as far as football? Uh, you know what? It's not a surprise they're good, and it's not a surprise they're winning because they have a really nice program. They built kind of a. Uh, they kind of have this edge now to them. But I China Spring. Moving up to 4A Division One, the first thing I thought about when I saw the district come out, I mean, they've played head up with La Vega before, but and then, of course, Stephenville, they were in that district with Stephenville prior to moving back to Division or 4A Division Two, where they won the state title, and they were really good the year before they won it in 20, I guess, 2020, but I didn't expect them to be as good as they are. You, I thought they would win. It was 50-50 with La Vega, but Beating La Vega, um, and and you know, well La Vega's down. You know, I mean they're good, but they're they're down a notch. Yeah. So they've been able to hammer La Vega. That the great game two weeks ago was Stephenville, where they had a big lead and then they blew it. But they have that great kicker in Thomas Barr. So China Springs to me, when I say surprise, I did not expect them to be immediately elite in four A Division One. But they are, and they're as much of a championship-caliber team as Stephenville, La Vega, obviously. And it won't be easy, but I think they're going to. I think they're going to maybe meet Stephenville again, maybe in the in the deep in the playoffs. So that's one a team we expected to win, be a playoff team, but I did not expect them to win that district title. Um, the others that are good, we knew would be good. West Franklin's a battering ram with what they do. Uh, I thought Yo had kind of a nice thing going, and then they've now been splattered. Uh, Franklin beat them, what, 63-7. to uh, Mark's good. Crawford's good. Uh, Midway, you know, I, I do their games. I knew they would still struggle, but I thought they would be around 500 this year. They're still distant of what we knew them to be. They're going to miss the playoffs for the third consecutive year. Um you know, it's been a great story. University High in Waco. Absolutely. It's a great yeah. story. Kent Laster came in. It's taken time. He knew it would. I think it's maybe even had more success than anyone could have ever thought. They're going to the playoffs the first time in 13 years. They're playing for the district championship this weekend. They've got some playmakers. Their quarterback, man, uh, their quarterback's putting up nice numbers. And they've got McKay, uh, Mackay Randolph, who, uh, Sandolph, excuse me, who's explosive. They're really just pretty good. And I don't know what they'll do in the post game. I, those are some of the ones that I'm not trying to forget anybody, but I, those are just some stories initially that kind of pop out to me of so far in the Central Texas area of what I've seen. Yeah, and I agree with all those. Uh, a couple, you know, some smaller schools, you know, Craig Horn, what he's done at Axtell, uh, Brandon yep. Hicks at Rosebud Lot, and looks like those two may – end up meeting in the first round of the playoffs. I'm excited about that matchup. I believe they they scrimmage each other also. Yeah, Brandon Hicks, I I knew he had a little bit of something to him. I guess it was a couple of years ago because I I reached out, and you know this, for coaches to respond to Player of the Week nominations, and sometimes you got to kind of beat him over their head with a text message or two, (laughs) but I, I sent out two or three players, and I remember last year Brandon Hicks and I spoke on the phone he had a dynamic player who had like two or three interceptions in a game, ran back a kick for a touchdown, had a long run or catch. And I remember just talking to him, and I could tell that he kind of gets it. And, of course, they're pretty good again, as you said. And Craig Horn wins anywhere he is. The Axel's a little bit more of a challenge, but 
we know what he's done before and Italy was really you know okay but I I, uh, I I like what he's doing and and he's just a really just a hell of a football coach Smokey were you shocked when you saw the Franklin Cameron Yo score last week I, I was. I, I thought Franklin was just too much. And, and they, again, there's a chance they repeat. There were a few games earlier this year that I felt like Franklin, and again, you don't need to measure people by scores. It's not a beauty contest. Just win the damn games. But I uh, I know, you know, they, they had more than Lorena, and Lorena had been beaten by Yo. And again, sometimes you got to be careful with matchups. But yeah, that, that I thought that I thought that would end up being like 45, 27, 45, 35, perhaps Franklin. But they, golly, um, Rick Rhodes has kind of been able to get that place back a little bit together. But that was shocking, and that just goes to show you right now where Franklin is. Yeah, and I, and I definitely thought Cameron, like you, would score, you know, three or four touchdowns, maybe put 30 oh, on yeah. them, But uh, I didn't think they were going to get shut down, basically. No, they, they got – that was uh, – that's something that – you know, you went through a year or two when they started the slip, and that's why you have Rick Rhodes back, and all due respect to Coach Bashirs, but they had started to slip a little bit. But, yeah, that hasn't happened against Yo, I would think, too often in life, much less just in the last five or ten years. Yeah, and so we got a couple of teams around Central Texas that I think are probably favorites to maybe play for a state. I think Crawford, China Spring, and, and Mart. And we heard whispers earlier in the year – and Coach Hoffman wouldn't – he wouldn't – we had him on and he wouldn't admit it. But this may be one of the best Mark teams they've had in a long time. I texted Kevin last night. I congratulated him because I had got – his wife, Jerry, had sent me a note that he was one win away. This was two weeks ago. He was – they were playing Riesel, which they were going to win that game or whoever it was, Dawson. I don't know who – got Riesel. Mm-hmm. And, but he was yeah. a, a win away. If they won that game and then they beat – whoever it was, Dawson, that he would have his 100th win. Well, that didn't surprise me because he's just been unbelievable since he took over as the head coach. But then I realized she said he'll have the number two all-time winningest percentage for any coach with at least 100 wins if he gets there, which he was going to. And he's won like it. 90, 91% of his games, he's what, 111, 111 losses, which, I mean, just do the math, we know what it means. Mm-hmm. And I texted him last night, he goes, okay, I just need to get, I, I need to get uh, past Rusty, Rusty Nail, who's now the AD at Madisonville, who was at Mart, had a great run. I think he has 105 wins maybe at, at Mart when he was there. So if you do the math, okay, they have another game that would get him to 101, and if they run, Five deep, if they get to, you know, five or six games deep in the playoffs by the end of, right before Christmas, he would, uh, he would pass Rusty for the all time winning his coach, I guess, at Mart. And they've had a few, as you know. But, uh, yeah, he's, I'm so happy for him. You know, he retired. I could tell it was really a, it was, he, you know, he, you may not know this, Kenny, but when they lost that devastating state championship game a couple of years ago to Winthorst, when they were up one, Winthorst was going to go. For, no, the Winthorst, I think, was going to kick an extra point. I can't remember. It was like no time left. Mm-hmm. And Winthorst had played them off their feet. And Winthorst, I believe, was going to kick the extra point, And they may have missed it. And I know Franklin lost a state championship like that, but Mart jumped off sides. And so Winthorst 
said, okay, we're going to go for all of it, which takes a lot of you-know-what oh, to yeah. do that. <laughs> and they made it. They threw it to that big, tall receiver. And I think Kevin would have retired right then and there had they won that state championship game. I really do. Now, whether or not he would have changed his mind, I don't know. But I really just talking to him that year, I think he was ready to take it. Win those, what, would have been four or so in a row, three or four in a row. And I think he would have walked away. But when they lost that game, and then last year they got knocked out a little bit earlier than their normal, that I just think that's still feeding him to win that one more. And... You mentioned China Spring. I've already brought them up. Obviously, Crawford, they're just rolling through people and even beat Marlon. Uh, Marlon's not quite who they've been last year because of the gullet. A couple other guys aren't there. And then also, I, I include Franklin, which, of course, is more in that, you know, uh, Brazos County area. But I, I think those four teams all have a very good shot to bring home state championships, and that would be fantastic. Yeah, and I agree. And uh, real quick before we, we end this, uh, you know, there's – I look at those 4AD2 teams. And, you know, Glenn Rose is kind of on the edge of our area, but we like to cover them because that quarterback over there is tremendous. And then you look at Conley, now that they're all healthy, I think those two guys are yeah. really going to make some runs. We can go another five minutes if you want to, Kenny. I, I'm on my way home. Um from talking to Coach Aranda. Conley has been a great story. I should have brought them up. We have their games. I don't do their games. Uh, you know, think about this. They lost a running back, an athlete, mm -hmm. who's verbally committed to play at the University of Texas, and they didn't miss a blink. And, and, and Trey Weisner's really good at DeSoto. But Keeper Sibley is an incredible story with what the numbers he's putting up. And on top of that, Jelani McDonald is the straw that stirs the drink. He's a leader. I, I think he's maybe even a better basketball player than he is a football player. He's just one of those dudes, senior, uh, committed to Oklahoma State that I think changed his mind. Now he's going to UT. But he is the dude now. He's the Alpha. And they missed him for a couple of games. I think he got dinged up for a game or two yeah. uh, when they won. And he is – Sibley is a great story. Had over 400, 426 yards on 14 carries two weeks ago. But he's the straw that stirs the drink. With those two, Jelani McDonald and also Keeper Sibley, they've got some – they got Arsenal. And then they're playing better in the offensive line. And they've got some guys in that defensive line that are creating some problems. Of course, Black, one of the corners, he's going to play Division One football. Absolutely. I mean, that's pretty impressive. It is, man. All right, Smokey. Man, we, we I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, we've been, I get, you know, we've known each other for a while. You've helped us out over here at the Booster Club, and I appreciate it. And, uh, man, oh, yeah. let's, uh, let's talk sometime during the playoffs. I appreciate you. You've invited me to those state cook-offs. Sometimes I can make it. Sometimes I can't. Those are always fantastic just to kind of see how people do things differently. Uh, I had a big bone-in ribeye on a Saturday night. It was delicious. But <laughs> – I, uh, I appreciate you. You used to always send me great stuff when it came to Whitney and Players of the Week, so I always appreciated you for doing that. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You've started something. Just keep going. You know, two years ago, we started something new with our podcast show that has exploded, and so I hope that happens for you, too. Well, we appreciate it, man. Y'all have a great day. You, too, buddy. Have a great week, and, uh, and good luck going forward, and enjoy. And that was Kenny's interview with David Smoke. Thanks again to Smokey for joining us on today's show. And now let's move on to our Week 11 Pick'ems as we close out every show with our Pick'ems. What are the standings after Week 10, Kenny? Well, I'd like to tell you, but I left all my stuff at the Oh, that's house, so right. We'll have to update in our mega playoff preview show. 
little teaser right yeah. there. I like it. <laughs> so now the Week 11 pickums. We'll start with the four games that we previewed at the top of the show. Ellison at Lake Belton. I will take the Broncos. You and Mr. Black will be uh, Broncos, and I'm going to be an Ellison Eagle. Belton High at University. Who do you got in this one? I got University. Mr. Black has University. University across the board. Stephenville at La Vega. I'll take the Jackets. Yep, same. Stephenville all the way around. Tig at Fairfield. Who do y'all got? I got Tig. Mr. Black has Fairfield. I'm going to break that tie and take Tig. Dawson at Wortham. Wortham for me. Wortham, Wortham, Wortham. Worthams across the board. Brian at Colleen Harker Heights. Who do you got in this one? Uh, Harker Heights and Harker Heights. Harker Heights across the board. Waco High at Colleen. I will take the Kangaroos. We got two Roos and one Lion. Hillsboro at Venus. This is another game that got moved. I'll take the Eagles on the road. Hillsboro across. Madisonville, probably a pissed off Madisonville team <laughs> at Salado. Who do you got in this one? I got Madisonville and so does Jake. Madisonville for me as well. Rockdale and McGregor. I'll take the Bulldogs to get their second one of the year. You got the Bulldogs and we're going to take the uh, Rockdale Rockdales. <laughs> Tigers. <laughs> yeah, Tigers. Yeah, that's Clifton at Florence. Give me the Cubs. I think the Cubs clinch a playoff. I do. Berth. I agree as well. I know it's going to be good for them, but they're going to clinch it. Who's Mr. And, uh, Mr. Black has Florence. How about that? Bosqueville at Riesel. Who, who do y'all got in this one? I got Riesel. I got Rizel, and Mr. Black has Bosqueville. I'm going to take Riesel in this one. Milano at Chilton. Give me the Pirates. Chilton all the way across. Then our last game, Hamilton at Goldthwaite. I didn't realize this. Goldthwait is 0-9. When's the last time that happened? I don't know. You need to ask Mr. Black what he's thinking because he picked Goldthwait, and I got the Hamilton Bulldogs. I got Hamilton as well. So, yep, that's it. That is the Week 11 Pick'ems, and that will do it for us here at the Central Texas Football Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in to the Week 11 edition, Episode 12 overall of the podcast we really do appreciate your support tuning in every week and uh, if you want to follow us on social media you can follow us on instagram and twitter at ctfp podcast that's ctfp podcast on instagram and twitter or you can email us ctfp podcast at gmail.com and also visit our website as well on the PodServe podcast network that's on that link is to is in that uh, link tree link in all of our social media pages so you can check out all of our links our email and all of that there as well and once again that will do it for us for Kenny Heath I'm Ryan Fox thanks for tuning in everyone and enjoy week 11 the last week of the Texas high school football regular season